You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Break a Bat podcast where baseball meets Broadway. An attempt to show that my two favorite mediums don't have to live in such separate worlds and maybe even break some stigmas. We're happy to have you with us. Now let's play ball. Hello and welcome to Break a Bat. I'm your host, Sal Malafrante, coming at you from the remote batter's box with one of Broadway's resident funny girls. Uh, she's Break Bat's first guest to have won an Olivier Award for her performance in Zorro on the West End. She also starred in Matilda the Musical on Broadway for nearly three years, and she is also the very first guest I've brought here that can probably call themselves Broadway's biggest fan of a certain team that just happens to be arch rivals with my New York Yankees. Uh, we will not hold that against her because we're really excited to talk to her tonight. Uh, so if you'll please turn your attention to home plate, just be on the marquee. Now batting, Leslie Margarita. Leslie, welcome Ooh. to the batter's box. I'm so excited. I like. I, I literally am so excited to, to be here at the batter's box. <laughs> the crowd would be going wild for you right well, now. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we just got news today that we're going to have a baseball season. How stoked are you? I know. So stoked. I mean, obviously, it's going to be very different, but huge, 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 huge news. Totally stoked. Um, you know, I've, I've obviously missed baseball, but, but kind of all sports um, seem to be making a, a small comeback. But yeah, it's really exciting. I know we'll have something different to watch on TV, you know, for it. I've been, I've maxed out everything on Netflix. I just bought yeah. a subscription to Disney plus <gasps> finally, because it was like, I'm, I'm not, a, you won't regret it. It's good, huh? You won't regret it. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's even a sports section on Disney plus that you can watch their sports movies. I just kind of wanted to watch like, you know, animated films in the parent trap. No, you're but. fine. You're, <laughs> Disney plus has it all. You're fine. <laughs> has it all. Which part of California are you in right now? Uh, Los Angeles. I am in LA. You grew up on in Northern California? I grew up in Northern California. And then I went to UCLA and was kind of always a California girl until I moved to New York to do Matilda. Um, I mean, I was in London for a couple of years, but then I moved to New York and thought it was just going to be a year. And it's now been almost seven. So I go back and forth. Um, my husband lives in LA full time and I just kind of go back and forth. So I'm, I'm back here uh, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Cause you know, who knows? <laughs> but it's nice to be home. <laughs> You're used to the nomad life. And I feel like there's a level oh, totally. of uncertainty that comes with that, right? 
Yeah, I was, I mean, I feel like most actors were prepared for this whole quarantine thing because I'm so used to not working <laughs> for, for long periods of time. So um, not this long, but um, yeah, I think we're pretty great at at figuring out stuff to do and and have other projects and stuff that we can work on. So yeah, I'm used, I'm used to the nomad life and I'm used to the uh, downtime. And you were smack in the middle of Emoji Land, right? You were getting close to the end of the run. We were getting but like close when to the end. Came? Yeah, we had um, actually just a week left. Um, well, officially, we had a week left. We were going to extend. But um, so, yeah, it went down like super fast. That afternoon, we heard like Moulin Rouge went down and then another show. And we we're like, oh, it's it's happening. So, um, yeah, all our stuff is still there. My stuff's in the dressing room. The sets are still up. The costumes are there. It's really weird. Um, but who knows? I mean you know, when and, and uh, I won't even say if, but when this all ends, we may be able to, to go back in because um, we're a small theater. And I feel like those might be the first ones to come back anyway. So we'll see. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Kind of like that controlled environment that we anticipate with this reopening. Yeah. I feel like yeah. a show like that is like, I, I hate to say it, to be the perfect show to guinea pig. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. And it's about a virus and then a reset. <laughs> So, I mean, literally that final night we're singing virus and the audience is cracking up and we are too, because we're like, this is, it it can't be any more perfect. Um, Yeah. A virus and a reset. So it's the perfect show to come back. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully people aren't too sensitive. If anything, I think they'll just be grateful enough to be back at the theater that they'll just roll with the whole virus term, right? They will. (laughs) I, I mean, yeah. People were laughing so hard before. I think, I think they will. I hope they will. Now, let me ask you, Leslie, you grew up in California. How'd you become a Red Sox fan? So my father grew up in Boston and he was a massive Red Sox fan. So when I was little, I had no choice. Although I loved the A's, the Oakland A's. He would take me to see the A's because obviously they played the Red Sox. So I loved the A's as a kid. But then as I got older and watched all the games with him, I just became a Red Sox fan because I... I have so many relatives in Boston and um, love the city. And I love that fandom and growing up in that kind of fandom was awesome. Um, I'm Italian. It was like, you know, it was like, (laughs) like I don't know. I just, I loved it so much and, and have just always been a Red Sox fan. And, and so by proxy, I have never liked the Yankees. And so I end up in New York where I have a Red Sox credit card, like it's, you know, it's the design is Red Sox. And so anytime I use it in New York, all I get is like a oh, ma'am, we, we don't take that card here. So sorry. <laughs> you know, it's the, the, the crap that I get or my hat or whatever I'm wearing. Um, and my Red Sox, I have so much stuff, but it's all like rhinestone. <laughs> Some Broadway flair to the baseball game. It's totally blinged out. When I was a teenager, I think it was Alyssa Milano came out with like a female um, MLB line of clothes called Touch. And it was all blinged out. And of course, that's like me. So all of my Red Sox stuff is blinged out. So it's you see it coming from a mile away in New York. You ever wear that to Yankee Stadium? How'd that go over? Well, of course I do. And on the train, too. Like, it's crazy. You see all the Yankee fans, and I'm like, do, 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 do. Okay. It's such a great rivalry, though. You know, like, it's so, there's, 
I there is deep respect there on uh, from both sides. Um, it's it's such a great rivalry. It's so fun. Now let me ask you: Were you in New York in two thousand four? No, L.A. I no, but I was in New York doing a workshop for one of the games, um, and then uh, so I I was I was in L.A. when when it happened. But yeah. So you were you were in New York for one of the games that the Yankees probably won, like the first two in New York, then game three was in yes. Boston, and then yeah. all hell broke loose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It was amazing. It's like, you know what? It's funny. Just, you know, the rivalry is amazing. I just, I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like the game has changed so much, and especially since Boston won, the players don't hate each other as much anymore. It was so different back then, right? It really was. It, you know, that moment, I was really... Uh, so happy that my father saw that. And like that moment was so huge for diehard Red Sox fans that once it was over, it was kind of in a weird way, disappointing. (laughs) We were like, well, well, there's no curse. You know, like it was a weird (laughs) weird thing. Um, But it was so exciting and and so fun. And, um, but yeah, it did definitely changed. It did for sure. Who are some of your guys? Are you like a nomad girl? Are you a Pedro I loved, girl? I love from them. I, I mean, I love that, that, that whole team. And I was a massive Johnny Damon girl. I was. And then he became a traitor. And a friend of the show. For, because <laughs> I know. I know. You showed me that picture. And I still love, we still love Johnny Damon. But I was like, oh, that was like the, like just in my heart. But I loved Noma. Yeah. It was, it was so great. But I did, I you know, I did watch Yankees games when Johnny Damon went. Just, just you know, because I had to. You gotta, you gotta kind of support still. So he's so damn cool. I, did you see Fever Pitch by any chance? Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there was a thing in the paper recently about how he's never been able to live down that like moment where I think he was in the on deck circle and they're like Johnny Damon, you got the sweetest ass in the league, like. <laughs> It's like part of his legacy now. That's totally. Jimmy Fallon. I mean, that's, that's not a bad legacy. <laughs> I take it. I take it. It's not a bad, bad legacy. You got the sweetest ass in podcasting. You got the sweetest ass in broadcast. Right. I take it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy though. It's like, you know, the Red Sox have won a whole bunch since he left. Amazingly. Yeah. Like he won one with the Yankees, but they've yeah, won yeah. three ever since. It's like yeah. it, now they they've kind of got the upper hand on us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well not lately, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I know well, it was crazy. They won that world series 2018. And now it's yeah. like two years later, it's almost a completely different team out there. Cora's totally gone. Obviously. I know. I know. That That's, was that. I know, totally. It's a, it's a, it's a huge different team. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it, last last season was just sad, sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a year after you win another championship. I know. It's just sad, just sad. It was, yeah, it was. You know, it's yeah. the hangover effect. It kind of is, I'm sure. Kind of is, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see how it all shakes down. No pun intended this year um, <laughs> with, with all of that kind of uh, uh, stuff happening on the other side as well um, on the business side of it, uh, the Alex core stuff and, you know, other teams kind of uh, getting uh, involved. So not that I like that part of the game, but 
Not that I like yeah. the, the dirty part of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a business. It's, it's a, business. a business. It's a business. So, yeah, I'm excited, though. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Let me ask you once you make it on Broadway, does it like, do you get the sense that it's a business? Like, you know, at first, I'm sure it's, you know, just like you're so thrilled to be there. You've worked so hard, but like then, you know, just that, that business aspect of it, you know, start to weigh on you a little bit and you realize that like, Oh shit! Like this is not all about me as an artist. There's producers. There's oh man, yeah. Money. There's high stakes. Oh yeah, it's Moneyball. It, it literally <laughs> is. It is. It's just with Broadway celebs. You know, it's just. Um, you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't. I still love what I do, and realize that the business part of it is just part of it. Um, but it, you really do realize how much your talent doesn't always come into play <laughs> that it is it is show business um and it's the same thing with sports it's it's you know stacking your team and and budgets and who's worth more and it's it's crazy um how similar it is um but it is you know it is a business and that's that's the end all be all and you just have to deal with it. Otherwise, you have no choice but to deal with it. You can fight against it, but what are you going to do? You know, you just have to find the joy in in the performance and let the other stuff just happen. Control the things you can control. That's about it. And I imagine players have to do the same thing. Do you feel like you're at an advantage because you're really, really funny? No. <laughs> <laughs> Some people no. have to fake it. I'm curious about this. No, you know what's weird though is because because I'm like woo funny or whatever. Um, people don't think that I like they think I have such a, a thick skin. So I'll always get things said to me, even business wise, that they think won't offend me. And I'm like, just because I'm I'm funny doesn't mean I don't have like feelings. <laughs> Which is crazy. And it's always like the business side of producers or whatever saying stuff to me. I'm like, why would you tell me this? Why would you, you know? But uh, no, I don't, it's not easier because I'm, no, it's not. Funny people are often the most sad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a clown. I didn't say you were a clown. <laughs> Amy Poehler is funny. I don't think of Amy Poehler as a clown. Right, I don't think of Amy as a clown. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I'm not a clown. <laughs> Although I'm sure, I'm sure I've been called that before. <laughs> you were like the ultimate creative to me. And I, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I, you and I were talking a little bit before the interview 
Um, I can relate to you in so many ways because, I mean, we were both Muppet kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. That was the best. It's still the Muppets taught me everything I know about being funny and everything I know about timing. The Muppets have the best timing of anyone I know. (laughs) Any fur or person, anyone I know, like the best timing. And I know that as a kid growing up, that's where I learned any kind of comic timing was from the Muppets. I still, they're, it's my favorite. Miss Piggy is my favorite. <laughs> Frank Oz girl. All right. Yeah. Frank. Yeah, totally. I mean, and obviously Yoda, I'm a massive Star Wars fan too. So yes. Yes. Frank Oz fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it is the first introduction to comedy though. And I think it, it's just crazy because, you know, it was like in a time, you know, the original Muppet show, it was like the spirit of anarchy running rampant that you just, they don't, they're not going to let you do that for family entertainment now. No. And then, you know, I I was talking to somebody when uh, Disney, when the Muppets were sold to Disney, I was really worried about that, that that sense of, of, like you said, like anarchy was going to be taken away and they've actually done a pretty good job of, I mean, obviously it's gone through a regime change, um, but they're still funny. They're still irreverent. Um, you know, it's like Looney Tunes I loved as a kid as well and stuff that just kids don't get, but you watch it now and you're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it just goes, and the Muppets are always like that too. There's stuff that you play back now, even on Sesame Street, there's stuff that, because, I mean, this is embarrassing, but I still watch Sesame Street, but there's stuff that is absolutely made for adults (laughs) that are watching it. It's hysterical. They're great. You know, Sesame Street got me in trouble in fifth grade. Why? So they did this like uh, student of the month award thing. And if you're student of the month, like for your class, they would like take like a week out of like the following month where like the student of the month for like each class. Let's say they lined up like everyone in the fifth grade um, and you would like get to alternate reading like the morning announcements. And I'm not saying like I was a class clown, but I was like a very creative kid. So like, you know, you go into the principal's office, they, you know, uh, I'm not going to use her name, but you know, the principal, you know, starts <laughs> off the morning or whatever. Uh, and you know, then they hand the mic around and I'm the first person that they give the mic to, to do the morning announcements. And I come on. Hi, oh, this is Kermit the Frog from Sesame street news here from Guggenheim elementary school, where there will be an assembly at 12 o'clock for all third graders. They take the microphone away from me. They revoke the award. Why? Apparently, at, like at the playground, ki- like the kindergartners thought Kermit the Frog was on campus. Like it led to all kinds of chaos. It, yeah, this is like this did not fly. That's such a good Kermit. I would have loved that. What? That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally scarring. That was my academic scarring. achievement at two. <laughs> I was watching too much Jim Henson and uh, not doing enough math homework. (laughs) But you have a really good Kermit, so, you know. Well, thank you. I'm just sad that Steve Whitmire doesn't get to do it anymore, which is terrible. Have you heard the new one? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that says it all. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. It's just not. It's not. um, It's just not. Yeah. The new stuff is hard to watch. But it's interesting, though, because like I'm, I wonder if you've ever felt the same way on Broadway. Like Frank Oz has said, like the issue with the Muppets is that they, or the Disney Muppets, is that they, they don't trust the people working beneath the Muppets sometimes. And you still have Dave Goals there, who did Gonzo, yeah, yeah. and with Jim, you know, when Jim was still alive. 
Um, you know, Steve had been there forever and they yeah. let him go. On Broadway, do you have a lot of say, like, you know, in developing your characters the way that, you know, your inspirations, the Muppets did? <laughs> it depends. I mean, I have based many a role on Miss Piggy. Um, really? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, many a role on Miss Piggy and her various personas. Um, I mean, you do, to an extent, you do get a say. It, it, you really do get more of a say if you're building a show from the ground up, ground, ground up, like I did with Zorro. Uh, I started that when there was only like an act that was written and and you follow it through for years until a show becomes a show. Um, then you can really put your stamp on it. But if you're coming to a role that like Matilda or a show's already been written or whatever, you get some freedom, but you still have the con- confines of what the, the creative team wants you to do. So I was very welcome to bring my Miss Piggy isms to it. And then they would pick and choose which ones I could use and, and, and shape it within, you know, certain things. Um, there was a haya I got to keep. Um, I think it's on the recording. I'm not sure, but there was a haya that I kept. And, they, <laughs> and I remember the uh, director was like, I'm not sure the haya works. I'm like, listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> Do you remember the moment when she would karate chop Kermit with that? Mm-hmm. Like, so you were fired, Piggy, you were fired. And she cried. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant comedy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And I thought there was that was very much my character in Matilda as well. And so I was doing like a one a dance move and it was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, that was my homage to her in that show. You know what I, <laughs> it's funny because you know you have a background in performing in the West End. And I will say there's a sophistication with the British sense of humor, but maybe because the Muppet Show was produced there that, I mean, obviously people loved what you did in Zorro. So, you know, <laughs> overall, like, do you think that audiences, you know, did they take to you as well on the West End as they have on Broadway? Or, you know, do you see a difference, you know, when you're out there performing? I mean, yeah, I, uh, it's not that different. And the thing is, people think the Brits are so reserved and they are, but those audiences were crazy. Um that show, you know, my character was more serious, like had this like dramatic death and, but they went with everything that I did. And I, I do remember though, we were, we, we did a tour before we did the West End and the creative team came to me and they said, listen, we're not sure that the audience is going to get what you're doing. And it devastated me. They were like, maybe we have to, you know, not tone things down, but make it a little more Brit friendly. And I. I was like, je refuse. I refused. And I was devastated thinking that that they weren't going to get it. But I trusted because the audiences on tour were getting it. And I was like, the West End, like the London audiences I know are going to be just like everyone that we've been touring. Um, and thankfully, they totally got with it. Um, you know, they just have, it's a different way of of performing. I think we're a little more free and, and um uh, you know, I, I I think after they realized that my performance was working, they allowed some other freedoms of of, of actors to try things, and um, it, they really the the British audiences aren't that different. It's just I think a conceit that people think that they are, but they love theater. They, I mean, uh, you know, the Matilda team had seen me do Zorro, which is how they knew about me. So then, when Matilda was happening on Broadway, um, that's how I 
got an audition. So I was like, okay, so I did something right over there. And and now I get to, to do their show here, but yeah, it was a blast. And, uh, I just, I was just over there before all of this happened. The world fell apart, um, doing a Zorro concert and the audiences again were like crazy and wild and like stomping their feet and everything. And I was really made me want to go back and perform there again very soon. Hopefully. In the grand scheme of things, did you like the West End experience more than Broadway? Can you really <sighs> compare them? It's tough, but I'm always curious really, about this. I mean, you really, you really can't. I mean, Broadway's Broadway. And so I had dreamed about that since I was little. Um, and being on the West End was amazing, but I did that before I had a Broadway debut. So I still was like, oh, Broadway, Broadway. And I remember like the, my Broadway debut just bawling. And so that was more special to me. I think the West End was kind of like, I still can't believe I'm here. This is crazy. Um, but the the Broadway, I think, and I think they feel that way too. I think West End people always want to do Broadway because that's the, you know, that's kind of the end all be all. So I, I, they're both incredibly special, but my Broadway debut was very special. But I like both. I loved both. They're just different. I've always found, uh what you've been able to do on Broadway in really a short period of time, pretty amazing. I mean, you're considered a queen in this oh. industry. That I mean, that, and the nickname is is apropos in many ways, and I think it's even more impressive and ballsy that you've bestowed it upon yourself. And the fact that it's well, stuck is awesome. Well, and you know, that was totally an accident. <laughs> I My message, why I call myself queen, is not because I think I'm queen. It's because I tell people rule your kingdom, give yourself a title because other people are, are going to try and give you <laughs> a, a label and you may not like it. So call yourself queen, king, whatever. And then, cause all you can do is rule yourself, your little kingdom, control what you can. And that's where that came from. And that's like all of my cabaret shows and messages to young people is all about that is owning who you are. And so the queen thing, I've, I've had that, for my whole life. That was always like, I rule was my thing as a kid in the eighties was like, I rule less the rules. And so that's where the queen thing came from. And then it just kind of grew and it just stuck, but it, it, it comes from a place of, of, uh, empowerment <laughs> and it just stuck, which is great. I think it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> but I hate, I do like, I hate when people are like, Oh, Oh, so you think you're really, really great. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with <laughs> It's motivation. Motivational. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, uh, it's so cool. You have so many different fandoms, Leslie, that uh, I thought that you and I could play a little game tonight. Okay. You know, a little mid interview game show. Okay. okay. I can do like Guy Smiley here. Think of that because you still watch that for me. <laughs> So this segment is called Seventh Inning Stretch. And, uh, you know, it's your chance to maybe become the queen of the baseball and Broadway community if uh, you get enough trivia questions right oh, about... terrible trivia. Okay. Well, what about this? And what if I told you they're about baseball, Broadway, and possibly the Muppets? And, you know, you get enough of them right, you join the winner's circle, and you get a little prize. Okay, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I really am horrible with trivia. I don't know. I bet, let's see how you do, Les. The Muppet Show featured a number of guest stars with ties to the Broadway world. Which of the following Tony Award winners hosted The Muppet Show? Is it A, James Earl Jones, B, Madeline Kahn, or C, Jackie Gleason? This is really hard because both James Earl Jones and Madeline Kahn were on Sesame Street. I'm going to go with Madeline Kahn. Ding, ding, ding. She's one for one. Much like a Johnny Damon, she leads off the game with a nice knock to right field. Leslie Margarita is on base. Alan Kahn, one of my idols. So good. Okay, good. Good. Good, <laughs> good call with the Sesame Street thing. I remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. With Grover. Yeah. yeah. Grover. Mm-hmm. Singing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about this one? A little okay. baseball. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Before Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown in 2012, the last player to do so did so while playing for the Boston Red Sox in 1967 during part of his Hall of Fame career. Okay. Who was that player? Oh, come on. You're not even going to give me a... a... Uh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> um, um... Hang on. You're in the ballpark with the Kaminsky. 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 Uh, you're Stromsky. <laughs> yeah, wow, you got it. I went Kaminsky. Ding, ding, ding. I was like, I thought it was Yeah. So much pressure. I was like blanking, blank. I was like, it's Kavada. Yes, Yeah. That was awesome. All right, here's the next one. This is very, like, my heart is beating. Okay. I mean, come on. This is the winner's circle here. I mean, okay. I'm two for two. Okay. Two for two. All right. How about this? You get this one right, you win the prize. Okay. I don't know what the prize is, but All right. okay. I'm really curious if you'll accept it, but <laughs> 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 this question is, 
The Muppets have performed a number of Broadway show tunes over the years, particularly on The Muppet Show. Yes. Which of the following Broadway show tunes was not performed on The Muppet Show? Is it A, Razzle Dazzle from Chicago? B, Consider Yourself from Oliver? C, Summer Nights from Greece? Or D, The Lonely Goat Heard from the Sound of Music? I want to say Summer Nights. Well, God, I don't think say, any of them. I don't remember any of them. I'm going to give you a few clues on some uh, guest stars here. Okay. I mean, Julie See, Andrews that's what I, hosted. Right, okay. Joel Gray I, hosted. Yeah, I'm... No, no, I feel like I feel like so. Okay, wait, what was the other one? Lindley Goat Herd. Razzle Dazzle. Consider yourself. I don't know about Razzle Dazzle. You you have to hey, listen, you have four options. One of them was not performed in the Muppet Show. All right. I'm gonna go with I'm going with I'm going with consider yourself. The answer is summer nights. Consider no. yourself was performed to Milton Verl and Charlie McCarthy. I was right. My first instinct. Why didn't I trust my gut? <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's all right. Listen, you're two for three. I'm going to give you one last question. I think okay. you're going to get it because I know you're an 80s kid. Okay. Who was the Hall of Fame Boston Red Sox third baseman that had an obsession with chicken and beer? that ended up winning a World Series for the 1996 Yankees. Chicken and beer? Chicken and beer? Hall of Famer, mustache, batting titles, played third base. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Hang on, hang on. Oh, man. I can't. I don't know. I give up. I'm going to... The answer is Wade Boggs. Come on! <laughs> Do you, re you remember him, right? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. See? Told you I'm terrible at trivia. Terrible. Terrible. All right. I've got the last one for you, and I think <gasps> you're going to get it. In the Broadway <sighs> front, okay? okay? Okay. I'll try that one. Okay. Which esteemed Muppet performer... Directed the Little Shop of Horrors movie. Frank Oz. Ding, ding, ding. She <laughs> takes it home and joins the winner's circle. Leslie, congratulations. I'm very no, proud of Frank you. Oz. <laughs> you started off hot. You know, you, you, you know, you and had then, trouble then, with the pitching change there. Yeah, and totally. you are going to win this uh, official <laughs> trophy. It's a break a bat long sleeve t-shirt. It's the <gasps> Chapman on Broadway brand. So it's not a Yankee brand. Oh. Like brand, it's. I like that though. I love that. I'm happy to welcome. I'm you. actually very excited about that. Yeah, very excited about that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna brave the elements and go to the post office later this week and send it out to you. <laughs> don't, don't on my account. I mean, don't get sick. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, Alameda. Do you think you're gonna come back to New York soon, or like, what's the uh, what's the plan here? Say, I'm yeah, I mean, for a little while. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of always going to come out here for the summer because the summer, there's not, you know, much happening. Um, I have a couple things that I was shooting as well that uh, got cut short that I have to finish shooting out there. So 
um, maybe it's like August, I think is maybe when stuff will start going back and, and shooting, um, theater wise, I don't know, couldn't tell you when that'll all come back, but, um, yeah, I think, but, but, you know, for the summer, I'll be here in LA at least. You know, as I said before, you know, you've made such a big impact on Broadway. Is there like a dream role that you really want to do either that has been created and would be revived or like something that you could originate? I mean, there's, there's a couple. I, um, I used to say Evita all the time. I would love to do like a revival of guys and dolls. I would love to do Adelaide in that. Um, there's a bunch. I mean, I would love to do spam a lot if that was ever revived. Um, but hopefully there's some new stuff that maybe I'll get to originate something super cool. Um, you know, I've gotten to do some awesome workshops of things that hopefully will come to fruition, but we'll see. I mean, and number one, I would really love for Zorro to happen. Um, in the States cause it just hasn't. So, and, and there's some talk about it until all of this happened, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be the first one they have to call. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. It would be great. When they do open back up, do you think that this January thing's realistic? And if so, do you think it's going to be all the shows, a few shows? Like, what do you expect? You know, I really, I honestly have no idea. Um, you know, I think I, Film and TV is so much easier to control because of shooting environments and theater. They're talking about, you know, distancing the audience, but then what about us? The, you you know, you've got actors spitting in each other's faces and, uh, so, you know, crew members. And so I think it's going to be difficult. I think, um, I would love January to be that. I think, you know, I think, I think we won't come back until there's a vaccine, honestly, um, and hopefully that'll be at the end of the year. Um, I really, I don't know. I really don't know. It, it, it's scary. It's scary and sad. Um, I do think smaller shows, smaller theaters will probably open first, like off-Broadway stuff. But again, that's just guesswork. Yeah, I have no idea how they come back with that without a vaccine. It's insane. It like happened so fast. I remember talking to my husband I was in New York. I'm like, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It's fine. And then like a week later, it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, crazy. But yeah, I, I, 2021, I'm hoping 2020 yeah. is a wash. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this meme the other day about like, if 2020 was a car, it was just this like car that's been painted, uh, taped together and like all this broken glass. It's like, it's like, when's the other shoe going to drop like every yeah. week? And it's just something yeah. new. And and I'm really interested in, in what's going to happen with sports. I mean, already, you know, some of the teams are like NHL and stuff are, are practicing with, you know, six or eight man squads. And some of them have already tested positive. It's, 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 it's nuts. Like the NBA, did you see, they're going to wear those rings that takes your temperature and like, it, it's, you know, it, it crazy stuff happening, but, um, yeah, I, I, I interested to see how that all works out for sports, but I'm glad NBA they're going to gonna be, a, be a funny one because they're encouraging players to like not lick their fingers and lick the ball. Like, when are they encouraging them to do this? <laughs> I saw that too. I was like, I've never seen someone be like, uh, uh. <laughs> never. Yeah. I mean, baseball, I've seen it. 
basketball. <laughs> yeah, for to grip the, like the ball. That's right. Ball, to pigeon yeah. it, right. <laughs> now, I do want to get a couple more stories out of you, Leslie. So I feel like this is a good time to uh, bring about <laughs> this last segment that we call Fastball Derby. You know, I'll ask you a question and you say the first thing that comes to mind. How does that okay. sound? That's good. Okay. 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 <laughs> Favorite New York City meal? Like a restaurant or a pasta? I mean, it's, it's pasta, but it doesn't like like a certain what restaurant. What type of pasta? Penny alla vodka, bolognese. I mean, it, it uh, doesn't uh, have to, it, there's no I rules mean, in this game. Oh, oh God. Well, then I'm going to go with, with penny vodka for sure. Yeah. Like a good one. Yeah. You and I yeah. are both Italian, so we could spot yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most embarrassing on stage moment. <laughs> How much time you got? Uh, most embarrassing in London. I get killed laying dead center stage, and there's a giant rat that ran across the stage and across my body, and I woke up screaming from the dead, and then had to die again. <laughs> <laughs> I wish someone was illegally filming that. Me that too. Awesome. I have asked around. Nobody was. I'm like, of all the bootlegs you people have, you nobody has that. Um, that was a that was a good one. And anytime I fall on stage is always embarrassing. And but my thing is, I will then laugh. I can't. I'm once I go on stage laughing, I can't stop. So if I fall or crack, it's something that I do. Then I'll I'm gone the rest of the song because I'm laughing so hard at myself but it's always a bit embarrassing (laughs) (laughs) i've fallen when there's been no one else on stage (laughs) in tap shoes james and c actually i was in tap shoes and i just went (laughs) by myself on stage (laughs) times (laughs) you're making me crack up (laughs) all-time favorite night at the stadium oh Fenway. I was at, at Fenway with my dad. Uh, it was the first time I had ever gone to Fenway. And just walking into that stadium is just from, I mean, from the minute you get it into the stadium, you just go, oh my God, I'm here. And so that, that was my favorite, favorite night. First time I was at Fenway. Your Desert Island song. Want to be starting something, Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. Favorite Muppet song? <sighs> Rainbow Connection. Classic. So many, though, but yeah, that's a favorite. Favorite late night snack? Two show day, you get home, it's after midnight. What's Leslie grabbing before she hits the couch? Oh, well, it takes some prep, but Kraft mac and cheese with the squeezy cheese. <laughs> like the pre-made. You're Italian, Leslie. What do you do? Kraft I know, mac I know. and cheese, but that powder? Kraft, oh, oh, it's the best. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Otherwise, uh, mm, otherwise I'm, um, my snack is usually wine. <laughs> That's a good one. So, yeah. <laughs> can't, can't top that. <laughs> Proudest moment of your career? Mm. I think my Broadway debut. I think it was the first preview of Matilda. And that was like my actual debut. I think that was, yeah. 
that one. And lastly, what's the best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? There's so much. I think um, just not to give up, just not giving up, I think was the best piece of advice. Um, That and not everybody's going to like you. Who cares? (laughs) They don't have to. I think that was really good advice, especially in this business, which is subjective and um, unlike sports, you know, I mean, everyone's going to have an opinion and not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. (laughs) They don't have to. That was really good advice. Yeah. I should follow that one more. (laughs) Who told you that? Um, My dad. My dad did. Yeah. Long time ago. I feel like when I was a teenager. I remember I just, I think I got a bad review or something when I was a teenager and I got really upset and he was like, not everyone's going to like you. (laughs) Don't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This was awesome, Leslie. I can't thank you enough for joining us in the Batters. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Could talk about Broadway and baseball forever and the Muppets. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to come back and visit us when we're in studio? Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, for sure. We can talk right, about the, the season. Yeah, that would be actually awesome. It's uh, super fun. Ooh, we should watch would, a Red Sox Yankees game. Very down for that. Yeah. We yeah. can make that happen. Hopefully, we'll be allowed, like, you know, to have more than 15 people in like a bar area. Just, we'll I'll make scream, it like a big just, outing out of it. Yeah, I'll just scream at you in a microphone. <laughs> Are you going to wear your rhinestones, though? Because that's my only question. I will. I absolutely can. <laughs> I mean, it's like a rhinestone bee hat. There's a, a rhinestone shirt. It's the, it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome, Leslie. Uh, we cannot thank you enough again, Leslie, for joining us in the Batters Box tonight. This is Al Malafrante signing off for the Broadway Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Break a Bat. This is produced by the fine folks at the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit and subscribe at bpn.fm slash breakabat. You can find me online at break underscore a underscore bat underscore podcast. And you can also find the Broadway Podcast Network on Instagram at Broadway Podcast Network. It's been so great having you here with us today, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.